From Eterno, it's With a Plum, a show about the history, culture, and happenings in the beautiful game. Coming to you live from beautiful Brooklyn, it's really not that beautiful here, it's freezing, and sunny San Francisco, where your hosts, Big Raj and Neem. On this episode, we're going to talk about the number nine in our collection of episodes based on the numbers positionally on the football pitch. As we've talked to you before, numbers on people's backs of the jerseys originally was based on what position you played on the field. Today, we're talking about number nine. A number nine was a striker, was really the player closest to the ball. But what we like to say is that the number nine was responsible for the goals. And that is the common denominator of all number nines past, present, and the ones you'll see. A traditional number nine is that player who scores goals. They are the one that has that burden. And there are other players, you know, we've previously spoken about number tens. They're more creative. They're coming in Mm -hmm. and sort of linking up the midfield to the attack. But the number nine is the one in the box poaching goals. And that is the guy that you're always looking to, to sort of just put the ball in the net and you know they're the ones that usually get the glory and as you're about to hear in this episode there are icons upon icons who wore number nine and who currently wear number nine male female all over the world as Raj said we're going to get into some classic number nines and some current players wearing the nine and playing the nine role carrying that tradition but first we have a new segment for the new year the new decade where in every show, we're gonna give you a little piece of trivia, a little quiz in the beginning of the show, and you're just gonna have to listen through the end to know what the answer is at the end of the show. So, for our first trivia question, of the number nines we're gonna talk about today, the legendary nines, three of them, Ronaldo, Sam Eto, and Gabriel Batistuta, played with a famous right back. Who is that right back? You're going to have to listen to the end to know. Big Raj, what is our jersey on this episode? Well, it's a special episode where, of course, we're going to be talking about the number nine. So I am wearing a 2004-2005 Barcelona away jersey. Those are the ones with the navy blue stripes on sort of a royal blue jersey. And mine is the number nine of Samuel Uh. Eto'o. I bought that jersey in Barcelona at the stadium when I was there doing a three-week European tour with a bunch of my friends. And he's one of my favorite players. He is someone I could get behind, and we'll talk about him more later. There have been many legendary folks that have worn the number nine jersey. People like Mia Hamm, Ronaldo, Ofinomino, Samuel Eto'o, Eusebio, Filippo Inzaghi, Patrick Clivert, Hernan Crespo, Hugo Sanchez, Gerd Muller, Bobby Charlton, Ian Rush. We could go on and on and on and on. But today we're going to focus on what about two handful of players? almost a full team of number nines. So 
Raj, who's the first person you want to get into? Well, for me, I think we should probably just start with maybe the best nine in history, which is Ronaldo, the Brazilian Ronaldo, or for people over the age of 30, just Ronaldo. Um, <laughs> and he was the best. He was basically a number nine for numerous teams, most notably Brazil, which is sort of where he got his name, but he played for Real Madrid, he played for Barcelona, he played for Milan, he played for Inter Milan. And what made him great, as I think that you will agree, is that he was able to basically be great on the ball instead of just being sort of that instinctive number nine in the box. He could dribble with the ball, he Mm -hmm. could attack, he could link up from the midfield, and he didn't miss. That's what made me love him. If he had the ball and he was, you know, had his sights set on the goal, he was scoring. His numbers are incredible. He played in the Netherlands for PSV. He played in Spain. He played in Italy. And he won two World Cups for Brazil. He won the Ballon d'Or twice. He was World Player of the Year. He did everything. And I think that he is probably, in my opinion, the best nine in history. I agree. I had never seen a player like him before. And I haven't quite seen a player like him since. He sort of changed the way traditional nines played. I mean, he would sometimes even drop back to get the ball, depending on the positioning of the game. He could shoot with both feet. He was good in the air. I mean, really, until his major injury, he was just unstoppable. I mean, it's, it's unfortunate, I think, that towards the end of his career, which probably shouldn't have been the end of his career, I don't think that he took care of himself that well. Obviously, Definitely. he had weight problems and... I think that he could have been great for even longer. And I think that's the reason why, I mean, I'm speaking for myself, but I'm sure that I'm speaking for a lot of people, why he doesn't break into anybody's all-time world 11s just based on what we all expected. And we wanted more from him and we didn't really get that. He should have probably won even more trophies, which I know is asking a lot, but we're talking yeah. about the best ever. Yeah. And that's those are the standards that we hold these people to. And... Ronaldo really was a modern superstar before all of these modern day football superstars. He was mm-hmm. he was known to people who didn't watch soccer before that really was a thing. Um, you know, he had a big flashy Nike contract. He had his own personal boots. He was That's just right. selling merch and he was a star. I mean, you don't really get a lot of players who are loved by Real Madrid fans and also Barcelona fans and both Milan clubs. And mm-hmm. he played well everywhere that he went. He won everywhere that he went. But for me, his performances for Brazil are really what really capped him as this icon that we know, his 62 goals, his World Cups. It's all about that. That's at the end of the day, when you're talking about the greatest of the greats, you're basically talking about World Cups and you're talking about the goals that they scored when they were supposed to be scoring goals. And he redefined a position. He was the modern day number nine that we're seeing now. And I really don't think there have been that many number nines better than him since. Yeah. I mean, his dribbling when he was healthy was literally electric. I mean, his seasons at PSV, first of all, He scored 54 goals in 57 games for PSV, 47 and 49 with his only season at Barca under Sir Bobby and a certain Jose Mourinho, 104 and 177 games for Real, 
58 and 88 in Syria, and of course that included injuries. But if you look at some of his highlights, the man in real life was like playing FIFA. It was like you could just press the sprint button on him in real life, and he would just blow past people. Uh, we're, we're definitely going to link to some of his highlights in the episode notes. If you haven't seen them, please check them out. If you have seen him, you'll still want to reminisce and, and see those beautiful, beautiful highlights. Well, next on our list, somebody who, to me, has really defined the game is Mia Hamm. She's truly an American sports icon, bigger than just soccer. So many people have stood on her shoulders, and by so many, I mean generations. She became a U.S. national team player at age 15. She led the country in scoring in college three years in a row, helped her team to four championships. This is the North Carolina Tar Heels. She's won Olympic medals. She's won World Cups. She could score goals with either feet. She had almost as many assists as she had goals. She scored 158 international goals and had 144 assists. That's just insane. Crazy stats. I mean, she's the best female player of all time. She took the women's game to another level along with other players, but you know, she used her name, she used her face, she used her recognition, she used the fact that she had won these awards and was the first mega, mega superstar, and she used it to elevate the game. She was part of the 99 team, which is yes. probably the best team in women's history. And that was the crossing over point to women's soccer, getting into the spotlight finally and getting onto the world stage. She's one of many great number nines in the women's game. But for me, she's the best. She's far and away one of the best players who's ever walked on a pitch. Mia's been a legend on the pitch and her impact has continued on off the pitch as well. She's been outspoken on gender equality for a very, very long time. She's obviously demonstrated excellence on and off the pitch. She was a board member for Roma at some point. She had an ambassadorial role at Barcelona and she's part owner of LAFC. Yeah, she's doing it all. She's an icon, and she's actually a big hero in soccer, period, what she's done for the game in general, for the American game in general, male, female. She's one of its biggest stars, in my opinion, the best American player, bar none, period. Besides Mia, there's obviously been other iconic number nines in women's football. I know that Mia gets all of the plaudits, and rightly so, but two of the best women's players of all time also wore number nine. One of them is, of course, Birgit Prinz, German striker. She scored 136 goals and 114 appearances for Frankfurt. But most importantly, she scored 128 goals for Germany. You will know her from her back-to-back -back starring positions at the number nine, where Germany won World Cups in 2003 and 2007. Remember, this is the time when everybody thought the USA were unbeatable. She won an incredible five European championships. That number is ridiculous. She was three-time World Player of the Year. In the 2003 World Cup that Germany won, she was the Golden Ball winner. In the 2007 World Cup that Germany won, she was a Silver Ball winner. So I'm not just talking about 
somebody who showed up on the pitch and collected a medal. She was the best Germany had. She was the driving force for those teams winning back-to-back World Cups. And in the Bundesliga, she was eight-time German Player of the Year. I, I don't really know what else to say. She's one of the best ever, a massive number nine. And of course, another big, big number nine we have to talk about is Sun Wen of China, an absolute icon, scored 106 goals in 163 China appearances. She was named Female Player of the Century, along with Michelle Akers in 2000. She basically was on a China team and she drove that China team. You'll remember her mostly, I think, from the 1999 World Cup, which is the World Cup that changed the entire scope of the women's game. That, of course, was the World Cup that the USA won with the aforementioned Mia Hamm. China was in that final with the USA, and Sun Wen scored the penalty in the penalty shootout to get China level, and it all came down to Brandy Chastain. Chastain scored, as you know, maybe the most iconic moment in women's football history. Chastain scores, America wins the World Cup. And in that tournament, Sun Wen won the silver ball. So she was just not some slouch. She was one of the best players of that game-changing tournament. And for China, she won four Asian Cups, which were the biggest trophies of her career. And You know, that's the China team that has grown from that era of her that she ran. She started that era and China built upon that and have become a world force since. Yeah, Sun Wen, one of the best number nines in football history. Incredible. I vividly remember her in the 99 World Cup, inspirational character for the Chinese team. That's for sure. Next up, want to give a quick shout out to two incredible Argentinian number nines. Historically speaking, when you think about the best players in the world, De Stefano's name is mentioned along the likes of Pele and Maradona and Cruyff. He won five European Cups in a row and scored 308 goals in 396 games for his club. Just absolutely insane. And probably the best Argentinian number nine that came after him was Gabriel Batistuta, an absolute icon for Fiorentina, the Serie A club. He scored, I think in his Serie A career, he scored over 150 goals, uh, along with Ronaldo, who we talked about earlier. At the time, he was really, the two of them were the two best strikers in Serie A. Fans belovedly have given him the name Bati Goal because of all the incredible goals that he scored throughout his illustrious career. Yeah, two super legends, Di Stefano, probably the architect of the Galacticos Real Madrid dynasty that still is ongoing, and Gabriel Batistuta, one of the best modern day, and I say modern day, like color TV, um, number (laughs) nines, an absolute icon. If you go to Florence, you talk to anybody who supports Fiorentina, they only speak about one person, and that's him, Batistuta, absolute fucking hero. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And from there, we're going to do a little switcheroo. I know that a lot of people listening have lots of connections to the Premier League and are always wondering why we're not talking about the Premier League number nines. And here we are talking about the Premier League number nines and two of the best in history. 
were Andy Cole and Alan Shearer. And what a lot of people don't really understand is that their careers are actually quite linked. Andy Cole, most famously, wore number nine for Manchester United. He is the best number nine Man United have had. In modern history, there has not been a better number nine since Andy Cole, but he came to United from Newcastle in 1995, which created a big hole at Newcastle, which Alan Shearer would then fill from Blackburn. But Andy Cole won everything, five Premier League titles, two FA Cups, one famous Champions League title in 1999, beating Bayern Munich in stoppage time. He was everything. He was that number nine that we're talking about in the box, out of the box, could dribble, just basically never missed. Him and Dwight York formed one of the fiercest duos in Premier League history. And then we have Alan Shearer, one of the best strikers in Premier League history. And as I was saying, he won the Premier League title with Blackburn and then Mm -hmm. faced a major decision in his career. Should he go to Manchester United or should he go to his hometown team of Newcastle? He ended up choosing Newcastle in 1996. He won zero trophies at Newcastle, but he would go on to score goal after goal after goal and become the greatest ever player. He is one of England's best ever strikers. He scored 283 top-level goals. He was well-liked. He didn't take himself too seriously. He scored goals. He put his arm in the air, and then he got back to playing. He was sort of a player's player, and his records stand. And, you know, when you talk about all of the sort of flair of the modern-day Premier League, you really have to go back and talk about Alan Shearer and Andy Cole, these two guys sort of set the foundation for what strikers should be in England, two of the best ever in that league. And they are all sort of building on the legacy that was built by Bobby Charlton, best English striker of all time. For those of you who may not know, you know, he played from 1956 to 1973 at Manchester United, an absolute world icon. He survived the 1958 Munich air disaster, which basically killed all of his teammates He pulled many of them out of the crash. He survived along with Sir Matt Busby. He basically rebuilt Manchester United. They would go on to win the European Cup in 1968. A team in the final, Benfica, which had another super famous number nine in Eusebio, absolute icon. You know, he won the 1966 World Cup for England. He was named the best player of that World Cup. That is the only World Cup that England have ever won. That is the only major trophy that England have ever won. And please go back and look at Charlton. The highlights, his goals, he basically scored every single chance that he got. He was an icon, and he set the stage for the future number nines of England and what we now call the Premier League. Yes. Bobby Charlton really is, when I think classic number nine, old school classic number nine, Bobby Charlton comes to mind right away, just the way he played. Yeah, he was, you know, in the box, he was sort of a bruiser too. And it's Mm -hmm. kind of a great and massive achievement to be known as the best number nine for England and the best number nine for Manchester United. The next player we want to talk about is Marco Van Basten. In my opinion, one of the best strikers to ever play the game. Unfortunately, his career was cut short at the young age of 28. But in that time, he's probably scored the most beautiful goal ever. I know that's a tough title to give any one goal. But if you had to pick 
just one goal, his goal against the USSR, the former Soviet Union in the 88 Euros has got to be it. I've seen so many interviews with strikers from all around the world and it's almost a universal answer. I mean, he just scored this famous, powerful dipping shot from an absurdly tight angle to win a cup. No big deal. He was six foot three, but for such a tall player, he was incredibly elegant. He almost glided on the pitch. He could play with either feet. Paolo Maldini said it best. The way he played was timeless. There's really not much you could say about him that there were flaws in his game. But the sad thing, as I mentioned earlier, is that his career was ultimately cut short because of a terrible injury, which he actually, I think in the end, he sort of put it on the surgeons more than the player who tackled him. But the rules of the game actually changed during that era. Sepp Blatter at the time mentioned him by name as one of the victims of how the game was played and how rough it was and how they had to sort of ban at least tackles from behind or you know make that a red card offense. Yeah, he was an absolute hero. Myself growing up, he was the number nine that I looked up to. He was in his pomp, the best striker of all time. Unfortunately, as you said, the injury sort of cut him down where I think had he not been injured and been allowed to play for even three or four more years, I think he would have been regarded as the best striker of all time when he was fit. He was basically unstoppable. He won everything. He won Ballon d'Ors. He won the Netherlands' only trophy, which is that 88 European Championship. And as Nima mentioned, he scored what I would say is my favorite goal of all time, or at least one of them. It's the best goal scored by number nine, at the very least. His strike against the Soviet Union, which we've spoken about before. It's magical. Everything he did was magical. He was an icon at Ajax, where he basically almost scored a goal a game. He was an icon at Milan, which is where many of us our age remember him at. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he didn't really get the chance to shine for as long as he should have, but his legacy is intact. He won everything. He won the European Cup, which is now the Champions League three times. He won league titles. He's an absolute legend and one of my favorite players of all time. Well, last but most certainly not least, and very selfishly, my personal favorite number nine in history is Samuel Eto'o, an absolute giant in the game. To me, he's in many ways the best striker that has come to the game since Marco Van Basten. In many ways, their game is similar. He just played with such incredible ease and flair. He was incredibly creative. He was a poacher's poacher. The number of goals this man scored with toe pokes, I can't even count. The number of goals he scored that were delightful chips or... I mean, he could just score from anywhere, really. Inside the box, outside the box, headers. He scored important goals. He was an incredible team player. He didn't even always play through the center as a pure number nine would. You know, he played in a Barcelona team with the likes of young Messi, Ronaldinho, Thierry Henry, 
and he still found ways to score even as sort of a wing forward an absolute class and there's just no better number nine for me yeah class act the best Cameroonian player of all time I think his legacy was sort of cemented when he won the Champions League in 2008-2009 with Barcelona and then moved to Inter Milan where he won the Champions League the next year with a sort of underrated Jose Mourinho Inter Milan in 2009-2010 and his career sort of like should have gone on longer basically when he turned 30 he sort of let it go to waste in a way he could have been playing at the top level and he really didn't his stint at Inter Milan ended at 2011 and he really then just packed it in Mm -hmm. moving to Russia and then to England with Chelsea and Everton and then really sort of non-existent stints in Italy. He briefly re-emerged in Turkey, scoring 44 goals in a season in a few years there. But I agree with everything that you're saying. He was so fun to watch. He was such a likable guy. He took Cameroon to levels that they hadn't really seen since Raja Mila and Cameroon in 1990. He really turned them into a force. I know he fell out with Cameroon later on, basically not getting paid, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, I wanted to see him play at the top level even longer. He was basically still in his prime when he left Inter and just so fun to watch. Always scored goals, just an absolute icon. And that Barcelona stint from 04 to 09 is just iconic. It was the Mm -hmm. pre-Messi time. And yeah, we really miss him. He's still only 38, um, which is... He just retired. Yeah, Yeah, it's like, you know, that sort of emphasizes my point. We should have been watching him these last eight years really at the highest level. And I know he played at Chelsea, but he really didn't do much for me. Just scored nine goals. That's that's really not I feel like he had packed it in and yeah. And it's unfortunate. But you know, what we got from him was iconic. La Liga Serie A. They were better off with him. He won trophy after trophy after trophy. And I can't agree with you more. One of my favorite number nines of all time. Yeah. To your point, his, at least the uh, seven or eight years between Barcelona and Inter Milan were just some of the best years to have watched him play football. And he was an incredibly elegant striker. But as you said, after that, I think at age 31, he went to Anzi in uh, the Russian league. And at that time, in 2011, I think his contract, his salary contract was $31 million a year. And yeah, I think that was, that was the beginning of tax. sort of that Russian investment. Yeah. And he was only there for two years. But yeah, uh, like you were saying, pretty much since then, you know, he, he secured the bag for sure after that. And it's tough to hold that against him. Um, no, I'm glad he got paid for sure. I'm just saying selfishly from a fan's perspective, Absolutely. I want these players <laughs> to, you know, live out sort of their career in the most magical way. The same with Ronaldo yeah. and the same with Van Basten and now with Eto. I really just selfishly want to watch these players as long as I can, because once they're yeah. gone, they're gone. And, you know, you sort of miss them when they're gone because there's so many clowns out there now. It's so true. But yeah, for me, uh, no one really had the elegance and grace of Sam Eto in front of goal. And, you know, the only person for me that even gets close to him was Van Basten. But those two, along with the, all the other folks that we mentioned.
And in the tradition of these classic number nines, there are some players who are carrying the mantle now, players like Robert Lewandowski, which he just seems to not be able to stop scoring. Uh, Tammy Abraham, who we talked about a few weeks ago as a young prospect. Karim Benzema has been doing it for years. Cavani, although he doesn't wear nine anymore, but he's worn nine throughout his career. He's been prolific. And Lukaku, of course, another prolific number nine that sticks out in my mind for me. Yeah, and those guys are all sort of in the traditional vein of goal-getters. As we were speaking about, the real takeaway from this is that your number nine is the person with the responsibility of getting the most goals for your team in a season. The person that you just put your trust in to get those goals. And you'll see all the teams that win trophies in the end. It's all about the goals that they score and that will lead you to the championships. It, I know you need a solid defense, but you need to be scoring goals. It doesn't matter. You can't win games nil-nil. Like, you need to be scoring goals. <laughs> exactly. These guys that, you know, Nima just mentioned, you know, you're talking about real icons. Lewandowski, still one of the best strikers in the current game, has been for, you know, close to a decade now. Mm-hmm. And Kareem Benzema, really underrated. He's a bit of a dipshit off the pitch but an incredible (laughs) striker in the Galactico era of Real Madrid he's basically withstood all of the stars and is still there scoring goals and a newcomer Tammy Abraham at Chelsea wearing the number nine and really just sort of trying to build a new mold there and really fulfill the number nine duties as being like a top goal getter for a big Chelsea team it's uh, fun to watch sort of a youth product get the number nine at such a big club with endless money. And yeah, and you mentioned Cavani is great. Uh, Luis Suarez is a great goal scorer, still in his 30s scoring goals. You look at Anthony Martial at Man United, switched from nine to 11 when Zlatan came to United, who wanted the number nine, and then got the number nine back when Zlatan and then Romelu Lukaku left United and is now wearing the number nine and playing up front, which means really that he is traditionally playing in that number nine role with Marcus Rashford, who people think is the striker playing more to the left. All number nines that, you know, we we are happy to see playing in that new role on the women's side, of course, you have one of the best strikers in the world, Vivian Miedema, Dutch. I'm sorry to my Dutch friends listening in that pronunciation. I'm terrible at North European pronunciations. <laughs> she's young. She's a hero. She wears number nine for Holland. I know if you're listening, you're like, oh, she wears different numbers. She wore 10 for Bayern and she wears 11 for Arsenal. Calm down. She wears number nine for <laughs> Holland. You know, so young, already has 69 goals and 87 appearances. You know her from the final, the 2019 World Cup final. The Dutch finished as runner-ups to that super-packed USA team, that glorious USA team with Morgan and Rapino. Vivian is so great to watch. She is Dutch. She models her game on Robin Van Persie, an iconic Dutch striker, as you know. A lot of people, and I agree, if you watch her play, they say she's a mix of Marco Van Basten, the famous number nine we've already spoken about, and the absolute icon Dennis Bergkamp, who did not wear number nine but scored some glorious goals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Vivian won the 2017 European Championship with the Dutch. You'll hear a lot more about them in the future. They are a team that is not going anywhere. Lastly, I want to just touch on a super dope number nine who is going to be in the women's game for a long time to come, 23-year-old German, Pauline Bremer. She plays for Manchester City right now and is their number nine. 
you guys will remember her as being part of the Lucy Bronze deal. Bronze, in my opinion, the best female player in the world, went to Lyon from Manchester City. She's a right back. Bremer came the other way from Lyon, where she won the Champions League, now went to Manchester City to be their striker. Uh, Bremer, a great talent. She broke her leg, so hasn't actually scored a bunch of goals for Man City, but is now back. I just recently saw saw her play in the last City game, and she looks sharp, and she's a big, big talent to watch. She won the U-20 World Cup with um, Germany, and as I said, she won the Champions League with Lyon, and now she's looking to sort of start the dominant culture with a, a really, really stacked Manchester City team. Incredible. So before ending the episode, wanted to go back to the trivia question we put out into the universe at the beginning of the show. So the question was, Ronaldo, Batistuta, and Samuel Eto'o all played with a famous right back. Did you know who the right back was? You had time to also Google it. So I hope you know who the answer is, but if you don't, it's the legend, Javier Zanetti, who played right back for Inter Milan for what seemed like 97 years. Of course, was their captain for many, many years. A fantastic player. Well, now you've heard who our number nines are, please let us know who yours are. If we missed anyone, you can let us know who your favorites are. Hit us up on Twitter at EternoHQ or on Instagram, again, EternoHQ. We'd love to hear from you. We hope you've enjoyed our episode about number nines, all the legends, all the current players, and maybe even learned a thing or two. Make sure to check the episode notes for some links to videos and highlights. As always, we're beyond grateful to all of you for tuning in week in and week out. We'll catch you all next time. One love. Peace.